Hello, and welcome to Women Developing Brilliance. I'm your host, Casey Rossi. It's my great pleasure to present interesting stories of creative women sharing their message and lighting up the world with their presence and offerings. Get ready to be inspired. You can learn more about creating a business that you love by visiting kcrossi.com. Enjoy! My guest today is Krista Grasso. Krista is an international lean business consultant, coach, and also owns her own accessory brand. She is both the creator of the Lean Out Method and the 90-Day Lean Out Planner, and she helps businesses achieve accelerated results and increase profitability through a combination of strategic planning and lean business practices. Krista is extremely driven. She shares amazing tips about how to focus on passion, profit, and value, and a couple of scaling secrets that you absolutely don't want to miss. I know you're going to enjoy this episode, and I hope you get a lot of really actionable tips that you can do right away so you can see an improvement in your business today. Krista, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm really excited to have you here. I was uh, very thrilled to see that you're a fellow serial entrepreneur. And so I think that, you know, there's a special DNA makeup with people that have business in their blood. Like I truly feel like it's business in their blood. So I would love it first if you could talk to me a little bit about like the DNA, really, the makeup of of how you're so into business and, you know, and have multiple businesses. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I've always kind of known that I wanted to do my own thing. And I think for a lot of serial entrepreneurs, that ends up being very true. And I also am very much a creator. And the nature of being a creator is I love something new, right? I love that new challenge. And so part of what I like in my work is that I get to help people build their businesses or grow their businesses, but I also myself like to grow and build businesses. And so, you know, today I do three different things. Um, I'm sure in the future I will do something else as well, just because that's the nature of it. And, you know, I started running my first businesses when I was 16. Um, and over the years, I've had many different businesses, all successful. And, you know, they, they ran their time and then I transitioned them over to either other people or evolved them into what the businesses are today. That makes a lot of sense. How did you know when it was time to pivot? <sighs> I think to me, it's something I talk about a lot is the balance of passion, profit, and value. And so personally, when you think of your own passion for something, does it still fuel you? Does it still light you up? Does it energize you when you work on it? Or does it start to make you feel drained? And when you think about that long-term vision that you have for your business and for your life, is it still directionally aligned with that or not? And when you start to either feel the drain, you start to lose kind of the passion for it, or it's just not really in alignment with where you see your next level, I think that's time to pivot um, from a personal perspective. And then obviously, if it stops adding value to your clients, or it stops driving profitability, those are obviously other times that you need to pivot. But more often than not, I find for serial entrepreneurs, at least for myself, the pivot isn't as much about the value and the profit, because that's pretty solid. It's more about that personal um, you know, uh, joy that we get out of it and the fuel that we get out of it, it just kind of changes and doesn't align with our next level any longer. Yeah, I love that. It sounds so simple, yet so many people I see, um, they wait until they're at burnout 
before they actually go, oh man, I kind of created a monster for myself. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is? Why do you think like when you explain that it sounds so logical, so clear, so simple, right? And yet people struggle with that. And there's so much fear when they know like, yes, this isn't lighting me up. Or maybe they aren't getting that ROI that, that they really set out to do. Or maybe they're putting in those 70, 80 hours a week going, wait a second, I jumped on board to be a solopreneur to work that glorious 30 hours a week or, you know, never more than 40, right? So why do you think it it is a struggle um, when they get to that point? Yeah, I mean, I help businesses lean out for a living. And everything I say, just like you said, it's all super logical. It makes perfect sense when I describe it. But the act of doing it is hard. And I think it's because people struggle with letting go. And we tie a lot of our identity to the things that we do, to the things that we create, to the offers or the products or the services or the things that we have out there. We also tie ourselves very much to our businesses. You'll hear a lot of business owners describe their business as their baby, right? And that's not always a good thing, but it can be, right? And so it's, we just have so much invested in it, not just financially, but just, you know, our personal investment in it, that it can be really hard to let go of those things. And even if you're a and taking something to the next level and it's a good transition, it still in some ways can feel like a failure. If you're having to abandon something or let something go, it's almost like, well, why couldn't I get this to work? Why couldn't I figure out how to do this in 30 hours a week? I see so-and-so over there doing it in 30 hours a week, right? And we just tend to put a lot of that judgment and kind of guilt on ourselves. And it's not necessary. It's just business. I mean, that's just the way that it goes, but it doesn't change that very personal feeling um, that people have attached to it. Yeah, that, I mean, that is just such wisdom. And it brought to mind, you know, I've had multiple business like like yourself and the longest running one was 17 years. And I remember when we sold that, there was this loss period because I was so invested in that. And it had been, you know, almost two decades of my life and starting it in my young 20s was like huge. Mm -hmm. And I remember feeling like, who am I going to be if I'm not the CEO of this company? You know, if I don't have my employees, my clients, like who am I going to be without this? And, And I would love to hear your thoughts on detaching that identity. Like there's a part of passion and investment that goes into something. And that's, uh, that's really one of those key factors that brings you success. And when it is your whole life, right? There can be this feeling of, oh my gosh, there may be a little bit of an identity loss, which is really kind of what I experienced and had to build back up. And then my next iteration was a solopreneurship and I had had a partner. And that was another whole level of like, who am I without my dynamic partner? Like it's just me, myself and I standing here. So I know that you're a big believer of balance and I would love to hear how you feel the work-life balance comes into play or that identity connection threaded in to your baby, as you said. Um, Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, that's such a good question because I think that our business is our identity for a lot of solopreneurs or even, you know, business owners who run a, a somewhat small company, like 30 employees or less. It's a very personal company. It usually started out of a personal passion and it very much gets tied to our identity. And I think the thing is, you know, you have to think about the fact that 
you do what you do, right? Whatever your zone of genius is, whatever that thing is that you do better than anybody else in the world. Um, And that just entrepreneurial spirit that you have, that is who you are. It's not your business. Your business is just the current manifestation of that, right? Like it's, it can look different. It can be different. It can evolve over time. And I think honestly, it should evolve over time. If you're still doing the exact same thing today that you were doing five years ago, like exact without any changes, that's probably a recipe for not long-term sustainable success. You do have to constantly change and grow over time as a business owner and as a business. And so I think it does naturally evolve. But the thing is, your identity isn't the business. It's not the product. It's not the service. It's you. It's what you do, what makes you unique, that entrepreneurial spirit that you have. And you can bring that and apply that to something else and still be you. But it doesn't change the fact that we do feel very tied to what we do, the programs that we have or the offers that we have or the, I mean, I've had businesses I kept longer than I should have because I loved the logo and the branding so much. (laughs) I didn't want to get rid of it. I'm like, but this is the best ever. There's no way I'm going to be able to create something this beautiful again. I mean, it's silly in retrospect, but you just get so tied to it. You put your heart and soul in it. I am a brand lover as well. And you know, that is our creative expression. Like our business is our canvas. And so of course Mm -hmm. it's like you wouldn't throw away something you painted. (laughs) So I can get exactly where you're coming from. I like that you mentioned, you know, if you're doing the exact same thing as you were five years ago, it may be time to take a little look, have an audit, you know, and really you know, just question it because I think that that can also be where people get stuck. You know, they just keep doing what they're doing. And honestly, your fan, your tribe, they evolve with you. And most of the time, what I have found, and I know true to be um, for myself, is entrepreneurs have that forever learner bug. You know, it's just mm-hmm. like they want to grow, they want to expand, and our business is a reflection of us. So it's only natural that our offerings, our services, our messaging would be evolving as we evolve. And as the people following us are evolving, they don't want to hear the same old, same old either. You know, I found that to be true. And I'm interested with your perspective, like as you stair-stepped and laddered your business, um, did you find that your audience shifted? Like perhaps maybe you were targeting startups in the beginning, but then as you grew, as you scaled, maybe now you're looking for that person that wants a six-figure or seven-figure income or success defined in another way, whether it's flow, joy, or ease. I don't necessarily just attach it to a monetary to say, hey, you're successful. In fact, my seven-plus-figure business, I was stressed and burned out. I'm much happier in my six-figure business, right? So talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, I think balance is so important and there are things so much more important than just money. And yes, that's kind of table stakes, right? You need a certain level of profit to reduce that stress and to give yourself the freedom that you actually went into business for probably in the first place. But it's not all about adding the extra zeros and being able to say, I have a seven-figure business or an eight-figure business or now people are talking nine, right? It's like the numbers just keep getting bigger. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> That being said, you know, one of the things that I think is so important and I always tell people to do is I think you need to set a next level vision for your business. And I include three facets of that. And one of the facets is your customer. And I think you need to be thinking in the future, what are your customers going to want from you and who are your customers? Are they the same customers you have today that five, 10 years from now are growing with you and therefore you need to evolve your business with them? 
Or are you always targeting like an early stage startup, for example, and you know that you're always going to be targeting an early stage startup, or today you think that you're always going to be targeting them. So therefore, everything that you're doing is targeted towards that early stage startup. And I think a lot of people don't take the time to really reflect and think how their customers change and grow in the future as they change and grow in the future. Because you approach your, your business, your offers, what you do, your messaging and positioning, like you said, right, very differently if you're trying to grow your existing customer base and take them with you. Um, and I think even if you say you're always going to target early stage startups, you're leaving a lot on the table if you're not doing some sort of back-end ascension offer for the people who are working with you at that stage who then want to level up into the next stages. You are ready. Yeah. You're ready. You are. You're right. You're leaving them just going, wait, I really know I can trust you already. I'm invested in you. I followed you. What, what else? What next? Like, mm-hmm. what the heck? I mean, you're right. It, it is kind of leaving them um, just wondering and wandering. And when that happens, they're going to go right to Google and find your competitor, you know, or yeah. someone who has next level vision. So I'm curious with everything that's happening and has happened to us in 2020, um, how is next level vision even much more vital than it ever was before? I think so. One of the things I always tell people with next level vision is don't edit yourself. Let yourself dream and think really big. Like we tend to naturally edit and get very practical. Oh, I could never have that kind of business. Sure, I'd love to travel and work for my laptop, but I could never make that work because, right? And people just naturally tend to edit themselves. So I always say, really kind of remove all of the restrictions, remove all of the constraints or perceived constraints that you think exist, and really just say, what is it that I want? What is the business that I want? What is the life and lifestyle that I want? And how does that fit where I'm working in the right role in the business that I can actually do that? Um, And then obviously the customer component. And so I think today, then the good thing about everything that's happened this year is I think people are starting to realize that some of those constraints or some of those, you know, perceived limitations, they don't have to live with, right? A lot of people are, are taking the time and the opportunity that this provides to let go of the things that they didn't really want in the first place, but they thought they had to do or for whatever reason they were doing. And, you know, this year has been tough on a lot of people, but I think there's also a lot of opportunity in it to really just reground yourself on what's really important to you long-term and what you can do about it in the short term to start to make that a reality. Yes, absolutely. It's, it's actually, you know, it's actually almost a good thing or good came out of the quote unquote negative stuff that we've had to experience because it has given people the opportunity to pause, to breathe, to reflect, and to even consider, I never liked that. I'm not happy and I want to shift and do something else. So I, you know, as much as the conversation has you know, leaned into chaos and confusion and there's been loss in a lot of arenas. I always hear the flip side of, and I'm actually liking and fill in the blank telemedicine sessions. I'm actually liking connecting virtually and I'm reaching more people and I'm having more impact. You know, it's real. There's, they're really, and I'm happy because in the beginning people were in that like fight or flight or freeze and most of them were freezing. Now I feel like we've shifted And people are looking at that other side of the coin and starting to get some of the joy and some of the, oh, yeah, you know what? This is actually better. or I'm actually feeling okay to shift. So I really like that. Did you ever just wish there was a group of high vibe women entrepreneurs that you could hang out with? A place where you could share your wins, 
get a biz question asked, and be around people that just get you? Well, there is, my friend. It's my Women Developing Brilliance Facebook group. I created a place on the web where like minds and open hearts can continue the conversations that we start here on the podcast. Fulfill your desire to develop friendships with women from around the globe, women who are on the solopreneur journey just like you. Now more than ever, we are craving authentic connections. Believe me, your voice matters, your work matters, and having the support of a close-knit community can make all the difference in the world. So head over to Facebook and go to facebook.com slash groups slash Women Developing Brilliance and request to join my private Women Developing Brilliance Facebook group, the gathering place for heart-centered female entrepreneurs looking to create an impact, increase their income, and connect deeply with themselves and others in the process. I can't wait to welcome you in my Women Developing Brilliance Facebook group, where you'll be encouraged to introduce yourself, ask a question, and meet other ambitious lightworkers just like you. Again, it's facebook.com slash groups slash women developing brilliance. I'll catch you there. One of the things you mentioned that jumped out at me because I'm a mindset coach and I think that our thoughts are such a dictator to our life and our results. So when you said remove perceived constraints, I was like, ding, ding, ding. I need to know more about that. So what's a couple helpful tips that you can give someone if that is new language for them or if they're kind of like, how do I do that? That sounds great, but what the heck? How do I do it? I think the first thing to do is actually to recognize that the constraints that you think are super real are actually just perceived. And that's really hard for people to do, but it usually comes with just recognizing what are your constraints? Like, what are those? And then really taking an honest look at it. And sometimes this is where I say, work with your coach, pull in a business bestie, you know, somebody who will give you that really honest, objective opinion and help you realize, I know this feels really real to you, but you actually do have the power to change this. Like you have the ability to change this, or maybe today this is real for you, but here's what you can do to work through that. So it's no longer a constraint for you. And I think when we're living things, things feel super real. And it's not that they aren't, but it's just that usually we have more control over changing them and more influence over changing them than we really do. And I think that a lot of times we just perceive a lot to be truth that isn't actually truth. Yes. Yes, you're absolutely right. And I think that we could all use an expert pair of eyes that truly has our back and is our ally and can see things and point things out in a very loving way. Like you said, whether it's a coach or a biz bestie, just getting that third party perspective um, can sometimes just shift us to two degrees that we need to be on the right track and to get out of our mind and to damper down some of those little mental gremlins that aren't true. Mm -hmm but they sound so true. Like they're loud. So yeah, I really like that. Um, I would love to learn more about your lean out method. Yeah, absolutely. So what I help people do is I really help them try to get clear on what are the things that are actually adding value to your customers and to your business? What are the things that are actually adding profit and then eliminating everything else? Because I do think that there's very much this like hustle culture that I just don't believe in. You do not have to hustle. You do not have to work 24 by seven. Yes, business is hard work, but if you truly learn how to work smarter and figure out the things that are actually making a difference and the things that are aligned with that vision that you set, 
those are the things that you need to be focused on and you can get rid of so much. Usually when people are nearing burnout, when they are super overworked, when they're super overwhelmed, it's because they're so in the weeds. They're not taking that real strategic look at their business and they're spending so much of their time doing things that don't actually make a difference. Yes. And that's what leaning out is all about is really just getting really clear on what are the things that matter? How can you double down on those and make sure that you're optimizing those to get the best results possible out of them and then cut everything else? Yeah. And I think, you know, from what I've experienced, people tend to stay in the comfort zone of what they're good at, what they tend to procrastinate less with, right? So um, I actually had a client that was just a content creator. She was a maven when it came to course creation. So she just kept creating one course after another, but she didn't do the sales and marketing part. So it was like, okay, you got a beautiful suite of courses, but at some time we have to step over here, right? And I am a believer in the less is more. I like this whole idea of cutting out everything that's not bringing you value. Um, We always did that in my confections company. We would always analyze at the end of the year what flavors aren't selling. We have to reduce and trim. So I really, really like that. I'm I'm a minimalist at heart. So this is really resonating with me. And so what would you recommend for people that are like, okay, I know that X, Y, and Z aren't really bringing in much or anything. And I think another thing that I see a lot are people doing affiliates and they're promoting other people's stuff and getting very little on their own stuff, you know, in a small percentage on someone else's creativity. So side note, because you can tell I'm passionate about really stepping into your personal power and playing big, but I would love to hear a tip or two from you on someone that's like, I know I could slice and dice, but I'm afraid and I don't want to leave money on the table or that attachment piece again. I created this thing. It's living on my Kajabi site or Teachable or wherever you are. And I don't want to make it in a dark mode or in draft. Yeah, absolutely. And so I just did this session. So it's fall now. And every year I recommend businesses do the fall lean out. And part of the fall lean out is look at all your different offers look at all your different programs and everything that you have created and figure out which are the ones that are actually the the most valuable, the ones that are most aligned, again, with that longer term vision that you have. They kind of align with your next level and where you want to take things, what your customers are going to need from you and which are the ones that aren't. And with the holidays coming and the holiday promotion season coming, it is a great way to let go of some of that stuff. And I always recommend as a service-based business, you never discount, you bonus, and it gives you a really creative way to bundle some things that you're going to retire um, or to, you know, add something into one of your core programs as a bonus for people to really get people to, to start recognizing what it is that you do. And I think that there is this feeling of more is more when it comes to the things that we create. And it's very much less is more. When you think about most of the top people out there and you say their name, you usually think of one thing that they're known for. 100%. And you can be that expert and it is playing big. You have to be so confident to lean in, right? You really do to lean in to say, I am the expert in this and I'm going to go deep, not wide. Um, I hope that our Women Developing Brilliance tribe heard that beautiful soundbite that Krista just delivered, which is you don't discount, you bonus. So Mm -hmm. props for that. People need to write that down. (laughs) They need to remember that, put a big postie on their printer and whatnot. One of the things that came to mind is if someone has done this um, fall audit, 
basically. And mm-hmm. they're like, okay, um, this is interesting. I kind of knew this in my heart anyway, but now that I'm seeing it on paper, um, it's real. And the thing that's bringing me the most money, I don't want to do anymore. Mm-hmm. What advice do you have for them? I see this a lot, honestly. And so here's the thing, right? There's a period in your business where you're going to have some overlap, meaning when you're transitioning from one thing to the next, you're going to be doing two things in parallel. You eventually want to get to the place where you're just doing the one thing. But what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to look at that one thing that's no longer working for whatever reason. And you're going to have to first evaluate, is there a way I can make this work? Can I either bring the passion back to it, the profitability up, or the value to the customer up? I always think it's a blend of those three things. And if the answer is no, really, this just has to go, then you have to figure out what are you going to replace it with. And you have to make that transition plan over time, because if it's your biggest revenue generator and you just cut it immediately, well, that's a hole in your revenue. So you have to be practical about it too. But you also have to be really honest with yourself and say, if I can't make this work, or if I know it's not right to make this work, I am going to let it go. And here's when I'm going to let it go. And here's how I'm going to replace that income. Um, And sometimes it's your other offer that you have. Maybe you have another offer that you haven't been focused on as much because you've been putting so much focus and emphasis on the offer you want to let go of. And it's just starting to highlight and elevate that offer more and more. And again, I always think of that passion, profit, value. Look at that next level offer and say, how can I completely maximize the passion, profit, and value in this offer. So my customers are getting a ton out of it. It's really profitable for the business. And it's something that fuels me and lights me up and aligns with where I want to take things. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, if people just looked at those three bullet points that you listed out, the passion, the profit, and the value, and they just, anything that they wanted to do or wanted to look at, optimize, or release, they could just match it up to those three bullet points and be like, okay, check, check, check. If it checks it, great. If it doesn't, look at it again. So I love that it's it's simple but profound. And I think some of the most um, valuable information has those elements to it, right? Like we're not trying to make this complicated for ourselves. It is, and it can be, so clarifying to just strip it all down and look at the guts of it. And I, it's interesting because I see a lot of people dancing around the big stuff. And I know that you help them get to the core, whether it's the core of what lights them up, the core of what's fueling the business in a profitable way. Um, Why do you think, and I see this mainly with women as well, but that's just because that's the audience that I serve. So it's not an overgeneralization, but why do you think that solopreneurs dance around the big stuff, even though they know in their heart what they should be attending to? That's such a good question. It's, you know, I think that business owners want to feel productive. They want to feel like they're making progress, but they don't always want to uncover the rocks. They don't want to flip the rocks over and see what's really there. And if you just keep going and you keep managing your really long to-do list and you keep working really, really hard and around the clock and you just keep doing stuff, you have this like, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm getting it done. It's all going to work out one day. But the reality is you can get there a lot quicker if you do flip over the rocks and get to the heart of things. And it can be really hard to do. And I don't know if it is an identity thing, if it's a mindset thing, if it's, you know, not feeling like you're worthy enough or good enough or skilled enough or all of those different things that come up for business owners. And I think men feel it too, but I do think that women feel it deeper um, in some of those different imposter syndrome type of categories, right? 
Um, and I don't know if it's that, and that's why people don't want to flip over the rocks and look. So they just keep going and keep charging ahead and keep working really hard and feeling like, well, it's going to work eventually. Um, but you do got to do the hard work. You really do. And I feel like you're doing yourself a disservice if you're not. Yeah, absolutely. So ladies, be brave and flip over the rocks and know that you're not alone. (laughs) So absolutely. And know by flipping over the rocks and doing the hard stuff that you're going to scale faster. And I know that you help your audience scale faster. And I would love it if you could give us your biggest tip on how to scale faster and get more accelerated results because everyone's looking for results yesterday. Yeah. And so I truly believe when you want to level up, you have to lean out. You have to get really clear on what is the core thing that you do. What's that thing that you want to be known for? What do you do better than anybody else in the world? What's your thing? Right. And so you have to know who you serve. You have to know what you do to serve them. And you need to truly lean out and eliminate everything else. And I think what happens is people spread themselves really thin. They do a lot of different things for a lot of different people. And so they don't see the results. When you lean out and get really clear, you double down on what's working. And you are always going to get accelerated results when you're amplifying and optimizing what's already working instead of spending all your time trying to fix a whole lot of different things that are only sort of or not at all working. And so that's where I think the lean out to level up comes in is just get really clear on what are those few lean things that make the difference in your business and go all in on them and optimize them. And that's where you'll get your accelerated results. So good. Such, such great advice, Krista. Like I'm loving this. I know our audiences as well. I'm interested on kind of a slightly different note because your skin is beautiful. Like people can't see you, but it's glowing and it's radiant. So do you have like a morning routine or how do you strike that work-life balance to be so like such a glowing example of health? I know because it's funny, right? Because I run three businesses. So I do work a lot, like in full transparency, I do, but I love to work. But the only way I'm able to do that is to keep myself fueled, right? And to keep myself really healthy. So I wake up early every morning, I drink a bunch of water, I do my Pilates reformer, (laughs) I read for about 30 minutes. So I start the day relaxing instead of checking my email and Instagram, which I used to do, like the second I would open my eyes, I'd be on my phone. Now I read in the morning, spend a little time with the puppies, um, take my morning shower, and then I start my day. And I start really early um, so that, you know, by 8 a.m., I've already gotten all of that done and I've usually gotten an hour of working. Um, And then I work with my first, you know, corporate clients of the day who I consult with. And then I work with my private clients. And in between, I take these little breaks and I just will spend some time with the dogs and read or I'll go for a walk. um, Or, you know, I always make sure I stay hydrated. The hydration is a really big thing for me. It's when I start to lose my focus and I'm not really uh, sharp. It's I can always tell it's because I I fell behind on my water. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) That's so good. I mean, it's so good to know yourself. And and I think that because there's so much energy output, we have to keep things moving and flowing. And water is kind of the easiest way to keep things flowing um, on all levels. That's awesome. I, do you work the weekends? I do. Um, so I take Sunday uh, off. Um, except for the evening. Sunday evenings is when I do my planning for the week. But for the most part, I take all of Sunday off and I tend to do Saturday as a focus block. So it's where I heads down focus on content and I love content. So it's something that actually fuels me. Um, So I look forward to my Saturdays where I just work on all of my content for the week. And uh, then I take the evening off and relax with my husband. Wow. I love it. I love the 
the whole integrated approach and like, you know, what's working for you. Like Saturday feels super creative. Sunday, you're getting a leg up on the week and staying organized and, and really able to, to jump in and, and get focused. That's amazing. Out of your couple decades of business experience, what do you wish you had learned earlier? Oh gosh. So Lean Out Method was actually born because I almost failed with my jewelry business. Um, And so I think when I started that business, there were just a lot of things that I thought I needed to do that I did. And I invested way too much money, way too much time. I scaled the business honestly too quickly. Um, And I think I just wish I would have known I could have approached it a different way. And just because somebody tells you in a particular industry or in a particular way that you have to, which I'm saying in air quotes, do something a certain way, you don't. And that there's many different ways to build success in business. And you have to figure out what way makes sense for you. But you should also do it really um, smart <laughs> in a smart way. I didn't. I overextended. I overinvested. Um, I, you know, invested in jewelry that never sold, right? It was, I made a lot of mistakes in that early business. And that was where Lean Out Method ended up being born. It was how I saved that business. Um, but, you know, I think just know that if people are telling you to do something a certain way and it doesn't feel quite right to you, know that there's a different way and really take the time to try to figure out what that is. That's beautiful. And I love that you took a learning lesson and actually created it as your superpower now. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And, And I think when we have that intimate connection to the lesson, one, we can have empathy for people that are in that current struggle. And two, we have the confidence to say, I absolutely know how to help you get out of that struggle. So mm-hmm. that's amazing. I can see how that makes you really awesome at what you do. You've been a great guest. I've really enjoyed this conversation. You provided a lot of tips. Um, I Again, I love the passion, profit, and value. And I love the, the very practical um, eyes and lens that you can look at your business at any stage of your business. If you're just starting out, awesome. Start out with this lean out method philosophy. If you've been a a full-time entrepreneur for a decade or whatever, you can still look and audit things in a way that can serve you better and optimize and really maximize your efficiency. But more than that, your time and energy, because Mm -hmm. that's really, I think, why most of us went in, right? To have some more freedom, creativity, have a bigger impact, but also have some fun, have some fun along the way. So it's not a 24 seven game. So I I think that these practical tips are going to really help the listener. If you wanted to leave them with one final piece of bright light wisdom, what would it be? Take the time to set your next level vision. Really, truly take the time to do it and then make sure that the things you do on a day-to-day basis are actually in alignment with that. And that is a really quick way to eliminate overwork and overwhelm because I bet you'll find a lot of the things on your list today don't actually align with where you want to take things. Mm. Gorgeous. I love the message. Thank you so, so much. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much. I hope you enjoyed today's episode on women developing brilliance. If so, head on over to Apple iTunes and subscribe to this podcast. And I'd be grateful if you could leave a review or rating so more people can benefit from these inspirational stories about the solopreneur journey. Thank you.